This is Christina Klee, Linda from Rob Zombie's Halloween, and you are totally listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Tonight's brutal murders was described by police as Manson-like in its viciousness. Three people brutally murdered and a 10-year-old boy being held in custody. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, and Mike, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Just want to thank all of our fans and listeners. Y'all have been great to us. This new year has been awesome for us as a podcast, as a group of co-hosts. We're growing super fast as a, in our genre, and it's awesome. We really appreciate it, guys. And I hope you all enjoyed our bonus episode, uh, Dream Warriors. We all had a great time reviewing that movie. And tonight we got another uh, slasher movie, 2007 Halloween, the Rob Zombie edition. And I hope we don't have any, you know, Halloween Michael Myers fatigue, but this, this we needed to do a Rob Zombie movie, and we might as well as do his best one, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just give my general overview, and we'll all give our general overview. This movie, I've used this comparison simile several times in the past in uh, previous episodes, but this movie is a buffet to me. There's if you just look down a buffet, oh you like this you like this uh, food, but the next one beside it, nah you don't like it. That's how this movie is to me. There's some good, there's bad, there's good, there's bad. Some people are split on. Do, does Michael Myers need a background? Does he need a backstory? Does it need to be explained? I'm sure we'll all debate that at the end. But that's just my general overview. There's good, there's some good, there's some bad in it. Brian, do you want to go next? Uh, sure. So white trash, like over the top torture porn in most cases just it's not my thing and that is as we know you know zombies thing um honestly i honestly hate that this film even exists and that's mostly because now now even more because i know how they were going to follow up resurrection in the original continuity and um you know i, I just i just don't think that this this movie fully works and i don't think there's a reason for it to you know to have a remake to this halloween and that's proven honestly by them restarting it again in 2018 anyway and just ignoring these um i think most not all but 99 percent of the zombie parts the rob zombie part of this movie suck and it's not till he's forced to like you know adhere to the original story to the original halloween 78 halloween to even make it a halloween film at all when it's actually a pretty decent film when it gets that far but but at that point at, you know at, at that point it's kind of to me it's already ruined you know i sat down i was objective believe it or not as i could be upon you know this rewatch and there's some some good aspects for sure and i'll get into those and a lot of those good aspects actually halloween 18 took into account whenever they did theirs i mean you yep. could tell yep. um but to me there's more good more bad than good in this film and and i still don't understand why they even made this a halloween film because it, it honestly doesn't feel like it for half the movie you know, I'm not a filmmaker, but I feel like, and I believe people have actually done this online, you know, you could take and recut Halloween 1 and 2 of Zombies into one film and actually make it a yep. pretty decent Halloween movie. Okay. I mean, nothing against Zombie. He's a millionaire for what he's done, but he made half a Rob Zombie film and half a Halloween film. All right, go ahead, Mike. This was your pick. Okay, well, let me explain why everyone had to suffer through another Michael Myers film. 
uh, especially this one in particular. This film is nostalgic for me, not because I'm like five years old and it's the first time I saw it. No, I've explained it on this show numerous times, so I'll do it one last time, hopefully. Uh, this is the first movie I saw in 2007 when it came out in the theaters. It got me into horror because I was a giant scaredy cat and wouldn't watch it beforehand. My friends begged and begged and begged for me to go. We brought whiskey into the theater, had a nice experience. So upon first view, I loved this movie because it was my introduction, so to speak, to the horror genre. However, it's still nostalgic for me, so I still enjoy certain parts of it. There's still stuff that I do like. But over time, I see the flaws. There's Halloween movies that I much prefer to this one. Um, I'll say I agree with what most of you guys have said here. This movie's probably not necessary. I I will say I will give Zombie. I always do this, and I know I get I catch some slack for it, but that's okay. I will give Zombie credit for doing some different stuff. I like different. Different is fine with me. It's not always executed well, but at least he's trying to do something different. Uh, this movie is poorly written as far as dialogue goes, which is kind of my issue with all of Rob Zombie's movies. I am a fan of Devil's Rejects, like Drew. I didn't like House of a Thousand Corpses, though. So, you know, I'm a little 50-50 on that. But just as far as this movie, uh, it doesn't do what the original did, but I don't think it was ever supposed to. Like Drew said, Michael Myers, the kind of is he human, is he not element, is taken completely out of this movie. He is 100% uh, human in this movie. Uh, Just kind of, honestly, and I hate to say this, but he's a Jason ripoff in this movie. Um, However... However, Tyler Mayne is a really good Michael Myers. I will give him credit. Agreed. Right up front, right here. He's scary and intimidating in that way. So good job. Again, I don't think the casting in this movie is bad. It's no. the dialogue that they are given. Um, and, we'll, and we'll get into that. But I actually like this cast. And it's not because we met some of them. I've always liked this cast. I think they did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more thing I want to give this movie credit to, and it's the soundtrack. I'm a classic rock fan. I love this soundtrack. I think it's awesome. It opens up with God of Thunder. It it, it has uh, Love Hurts by Nazareth, which I love. It's cool. got don't it got don't it has don't now the cover of that in Rob Zombie's second movie is a different story. But I love Love Hurts. Not the scene that you not the scene it's used, <laughs> but I love the song. <laughs> uh, and I love Don't Fear the Reaper when it's used. I loved it in the original, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm looking forward to breaking this down because there's a lot to get into, a lot to to really not so much film breakdown, but I think this is going to lead to a really good discussion amongst the four of us. Go ahead, Drew. So, so Mike, uh, I, I, I am 100% agreement with you talking about like if the characters or the actors in this uh, this movie were given a better script, it yeah. would have been a ten time better. Absolutely, movie. absolutely. There was so many times I was just like. Well, nobody would say that. Right. But they they delivered it while the uh, way it was kind of right. written. Right. But it just felt like it was like, okay, that made no sense. Why would you even put that in there? This movie is not on the actors, in my opinion. There's some good bit actors in this movie, which we're going to get into, uh, you know, when we get to the scene breakdown. Hell, I can't remember her name. I'm drawing a blank. But the, the woman who played Lori's mom is an awesome parent character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. she's so good, especially in the director's cut. Uh, that's one more thing. This good leads me back to directors and theatrical cut. I like the runtime of the, of the theatrical cut better. There's some stuff I'm glad they took out, a certain scene, which we are going to break down. 
but some of the stuff in the director's cut makes for more, at least fleshed out characters. I don't agree with everything, but at least the characters make a little more sense. And by the way, a lot of people shit on me for this. I like Malcolm McDowell's Loomis. Sue me. Oh, I, I, I love, I love Malcolm. Yeah, I, I thought I he was, was great. He was fine. He was I thought fine. he was great. I, I love I love him in this movie. Yeah, well, the second hey, he was doing he he did what he had written for him. Right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's good in this movie. By oh, the yeah, way, I, shout out to R.I.P. Sid Haig. Yeah, rest in peace, Sid Haig. Uh, I, yeah, I forgot to mention. I wa- I'm breaking down my scenes. I wrote down are the unrated director's cut. Yes, so I know there's some differences, but y'all boys ready to jump into it? Let's go. do it. All right, I'm not going to say. I'm Joe Grizzly, di- bitch. Oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say the dialogue. I'll let Mike jump into like the the details of the dialogue. I'll let him go first after I read the scenes. All right, the movie starts off with young Michael. He's wearing a clown mask and he's like petting some rats he's got. And then his mom Deborah and his stepdad Ronnie they're in the kitchen. They're having a delightful breakfast conversation. The baby is crying really loud. Uh, the the daughter walks in Judith and Ronnie the stepdad is. Uh, Throwing some some flirt words at her, disgusting, you know. Rob Zombie, so the you know Rob Zombie gives his best right at the very beginning. Uh, Judith, my or not Judith, uh, the mom Deborah, she tells Ronnie, you know, I'm the only one who works around here, and he's all broken up. And then he knocks all the dishes all onto the ground. The baby's crying even more. And they tell you know the mom tells Judith go get Michael from upstairs and come down, and it shows Michael he's washing the knife off in the sink. And he comes down, and his stepdad, Ronnie, calls him Michelle. And I just wrote down after this the epitome of white trash. And after this breakfast scene, now we're at school. Two bullies are harassing him about his mom being a stripper. She show, he shows him a newspaper cutout of her. They start fighting. The principal breaks up the fight. And then Michael tells the principal, fuck you. And then, you know, Deborah is called to the school, Loomis, and Loomis shows up. We've, we're finally introduced to Malcolm McDowell. They ask her if he's had a psychiatric evaluation. They show her a dead cat and pics of dead animals from his locker. He says, early warning signs of much deeper problems. Then I just wrote down the Halloween score starts. You know, and that never fails to me. That's, that's the best theme of all time. And it shows young Michael running off with his uh, clown mask. The bully, the main bully, is walking home through the woods, and then Michael appears out of nowhere and, and attacks him with a giant tree branch. And it's a ri- and this is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Honestly, he's beating the bully with the uh, the the tree limb, and you see the bullies. You know, he's got blood kind of his eyes, his nose. He's saying, "Please, please, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." But Michael, he picks his mask up and then he puts it right back down, and he just beats him to death. And I just wrote the word brutal. Mike, go ahead and uh, kick us off. Talk to us about that dialogue first. Okay. This is kind of... <laughs> Be prepared. This is part one of my big issue with this movie. In hindsight. Knowing how much better a Halloween movie can be. Uh, this dialogue in the first... This breakfast scene is... It, it's really bad. Like, it is white trash, trailer park bullshit. And I don't need my Michael Myers to come from this. Like, this is unnecessary stuff. 100%. So... So when look, and I love William Forsythe. Side note, my favorite William Forsythe character is Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo when he's a detective, but that's a different story. So <laughs> in this movie, he's I like his portrayal of Ronnie, but the dialogue that he is given is horse shit. Crying shit, crying shit. 
I will come over there and skull fuck the shit out of you. Uh-huh. You know, just uh-huh. your da- it's a tryhard. It was a tryhard. Uh, your daughter's got a cute little dumper. That's disgusting. Come on, man. That's your stepdaughter, dude. Like that's gross. That's disgusting. Like the whole thing is like, why does Michael Myers need to come from trailer trash? I I honestly just that's the part that I really don't understand. I guess that's just a Rob Zombie signature, and I just flat out don't like it, don't agree with it. Two things I will say positively. I like William Forsythe. I already said that. I actually think uh, it's going to be tough because I feel like I'm about to catch some heat. I In this movie, not other movies, but in this movie, Sherry Moon is fine. She's <laughs> not bad as Michael Myers' mom in this movie. In the second movie, I don't know if I'm different. But in this movie, I think Sherry Moon is fine. Um, so I give her credit for uh, – to me, it's the best role I've watched her in. That's just my personal opinion. Um, we get to the school. I'm fine with these scenes. They're okay. I love the Halloween score, but I feel it's so random. Like, it's really random in there. Like, they start it when they're just kind of talking amongst themselves in the office. And, you know, Kid Michael, who I think this kid does a really good job being Kid Michael. Like, I'll give him credit for the acting, at least. Um, I like the fuck you scene, which I know no one else does, but that's okay. And I like the kill. Of the bully, who's the spy kid guy. I can't remember his name, but he's in Spy Kids. I like the kill. Here's the issue, though. I don't need Michael Myers being bullied. And I don't need me wanting to see Michael Myers kill somebody and that be the right decision. Like, F this kid. Let's kill him off. To me, that's a bad creative decision. I love the kill. The kill is awesome. The log kill, it's brutal. And And I think... I will give Zombie credit. He did something different than the original. Michael's first kill in that movie is his parent, you know, it's the sister and all that stuff. And, you, you know, you walk outside and you reveal it's Michael uh, as a little kid. In this movie, his first kill is this bully. So, at least it's different. Something to change things up. But I'm just like, uh, I don't see it necessary. And, by the way, I'm not a big fan of the whole animal killing side plot because uh, now we've found out that that's not necessarily an indicator of a serial killer. So, not 100% true. Yeah, I was actually just about to touch on that, Mike. They, they, Rob Zombie tried to make him like just like any other regular serial killer in hindsight, right. but he's Michael Myers. He's not just a serial killer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I agree, hundred percent. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, I'll say this: these uh, these scenes are I actually liked them. I, I like the fact that they kind of put a little backstory into it. Right. Um, the the animal killing didn't bother me at all because I mean. That's kind of how it progresses. I mean, if right. you watch uh, like this show, uh, it's called uh, Mine Hunters. Great show, and it's it's great. It kind of dives into that. Like they escalate, you know, how they go into like their deepening, uh, you know, psychotic, I guess, episodes. Uh, but outside of that, like the, the opening scenes were great. Uh, the the scene with the uh, the bully where he takes the uh, the limb and you know just beats the shit out of him. I love that kill. I loved it. I Great loved show. it. The the graphic detail that they showed, yeah. and like you know, they showed like his bloodshot eyes, yep. and then his like nose and his fe- uh, his mouth bleeding. It was it was a great visual, and you could kind of understand it because like you know, I don't know if any of you three boys have ever been bullied before in high school. Well, I was a fat kid, so yes. But but it's kind of a thing. So like so I I can understand how they 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 wanted you to kind of come from a perspective of 
his trials and tribulations as a child and going through those things. So I can understand why they would want to put that in there so we could gravitate towards, okay, I can kind of understand why he went fucking insane. Go ahead, Brian. Well, the problem with that is I don't want to understand right. why he that's came the insane. only issue. I don't want a sympathetic Michael Myers ever. Like that's I don't want that at all. Um, sidebar, like just because we're at the beginning, I noticed that there's no date like on the opening title. And I think that's a, like a kind of a Rob Zombie trope because you don't ever know. You don't ever know like what time period his his films are in. Like they're a, are the 70s vibe, but yet they're modern. So you never kind of really know wherever his films are set. So I think that the, um, also shout like out, that. shout out. Yeah, I do. I kind of do, too, because it doesn't date it. But, right. you know, it just depends on your continuity that you're trying to go for with the series. But in this case, it doesn't matter. I, I kind of like that, too. Um, shout out to Hannah Hall. Who actually who's played Judith Myers, who's actually Jenny from Forrest Gump, if you didn't know that. Kid um, Jenny. Oh, awesome. Uh but look, again, I hate I hate this. I don't have hardly anything positive to say about these part these scenes. I don't have anything positive to say about the first fifty minutes of this movie. Like I hate I hate this I hate this white trash shock shit. And we get like 50, we get fifty minutes of it. And you know, and it doesn't feel like Halloween at all. And it's just not even necessary. You know, I don't want, again, I don't want the backstory from Myers. I don't want him to be sympathetic. I hate every aspect of this half of the movie. And I'm going to be hard-pressed to find any positives here. But here's a positive out of these scenes. The positive is the first time, to me, that you get, like, you get the music and he kind of follows the bully a little bit. And he kind of, he kind of has a little hint of Myers that you get to know. But, but then again, like, it felt like Halloween for a second. But again, you're rooting against the bully and you're rooting for Michael Myers, and that's not something I ever want to do. So, so a quick question, and then I'll let Mike roll off it because I know he's got something to say here. So, Brian, so you're talking about you don't want to be sympathetic for it, but the fact that like they they changed how he changed how you went out this. Why do you not want to feel any sympathy for him? I, I don't because it makes it's like. I don't know if you, if you watch Star Wars, but it's like getting a backstory for Darth Vader. I'd rather not know why he's the way he is and just, you know, there's something to making up like a, a pure evil or just accepting that just some people are just pure evil. Plus, you know, there's the whole you don't know if he's supernatural, right. you know, or just evil aspect to him. I don't need this stuff because to me, it dumbs down any killer, really. That you, when you know their backstory and you're like, can sympathize and understand where they came from, it kind of makes you like, nah, okay, I understand why he's killing people. And to me, I don't want that. I want this dude to be a, a you know, a dark killing machine that you don't, you don't know why he's doing it. Just the fact that he's evil, and to me, that adds more to it. So, so you don't want to like, I'm just trying to follow here. So you don't want no character to go along with it. Like you don't want to know. Maybe, maybe he could still have that same darkness that you're talking about, but like knowing that's kind of how he got swayed or put into his character or how he became a dark killer, you don't want to know that. No, I mean, because like I said, it's, it makes you sympathize for him, and I don't want to sympathize for the killer. I well, want see, I don't this. think it's a sympathize thing for me on this one. Like for me, I think I'm like, okay, look, he had a real fucked up situation, especially like we're talking about white trailer trash, his stepdad, you know. Good God Almighty, if I was a stepfather like that, please shoot me in the fucking head. 
But you are sympathizing right there. You're making an excuse for him, and that is sympathizing okay. for him. No, I no, no, I didn't say I have a solution for him. I'm just saying, like, you get pro- – when those kind of things happen in a real life, in real life situation, this is a real – like, I, right. I try to put it in real life terms. Like, those things dictate how somebody potentially can be. Like, it's, it, it doesn't give them a, uh, a blanket excuse for why they do what they do, but without those – factors happening in uh his life maybe he wouldn't have turned out the way he did that's, well, there's, that's all I'm saying. there's there's stories behind everything and everybody but to me mm-hmm. i want to see less less is more in these situations to in me us in, in this movie okay i have i kind of agree with both of you and here's why this movie if it were a st- so let's just pretend for just a minute this killer's name is william who gives a shit okay and this is a standalone movie. Right. No Halloween ties. Right. No mask that looks like Michael Myers. Let's just pretend he wears a sock over his head. It cuts the eyes out. And this is the exact same movie. It's better. Because Michael Myers works. The origin that we know is he's just the shape. Pale, emotionless face. The dark, you know, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Like in the original movie, that is the Michael Myers that is the scariest. Is we don't know his motive. Why is he doing this? You know, kind of like we talked about in the Strangers. And I know Drew doesn't like that movie, but they're motiveless. Yeah, they're they're motiveless killers. To me, Michael Myers works best as that. However, Drew, I'm a serial killer, like you know, documentary watcher extraordinaire myself. So I get what you're saying. I just think for the Michael Myers character, I don't need it. If this yeah. killer, if if this killer were named Bill, okay, now we have a pretty cool movie on our hands that Rob Zombie made, like a decent, you know, white trash slasher movie. And so I, I I think that's where the difference lies, in my opinion. It's just the character direction of Michael Myers that I'm not a fan of. Like I don't need this for him, for him. It's the same thing with the new night, the 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't need to know that backstory. I. Freddie's just a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, don't I, I mean, I, I agree with I agree with most of that. I just and even if it was a, a about Bob the killer, like if it, you know, I don't know. To me, like I said, it's right. If you don't know the motivation. It right. makes it just more mysterious and scarier to right. me. Right. And uh, shout out to uh, man. Shout out to. Oh, Loomis. Fun early fact. Never seen the original Halloween, so he couldn't base his original off of yeah. off of uh, Doctor Loomis. I think and that's he did, really he did a damn good job too. Really he smart. He, he he wasn't a carbon copy. I really enjoyed that. That was really good stuff. Crash yeah. it. The only thing I was going to agree with is you don't really have any sympathetic characters until you get to Haddonfield. Like right. Oh, like, yeah, you, no doubt. you're yeah. honestly you're yeah. honestly pulling for Michael Myers the whole. Yep. First fifty-five minutes of the movie. Exactly. You, know I mean? you want you want him to you want him to kill his stepdad. You want him to kill the two hillbilly janitors who are yep. raping a girl. I mean, you you you're pulling for Michael. And um, well, that's the problem. And, I, w- I and, wouldn't and say, I wouldn't say I'm pulling for Michael, but I could sit there and sit there and say and just be like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, right, kill him. I see that too. I see well, I both mean, sides. I just don't know if I need it for the Michael Myers character. Is all. No, I, get, I get where right. Brian and you are coming from. My biggest thing is like, considering, like I said, this is the first time I've actually watched this movie. Like, I actually right. took it from like what you were saying, like a standalone movie. So I was right. just like, okay, but I appreciate 
the the backstory of okay okay this is the reason why he's as fucked up as he is i know it's not necessary for the whole franchise of course because we all know where he's coming from to begin with right right it's just the thing is when you're remaking rebooting the very first king the the king of the slashers Mm-hmm. And you're and you're making a little kid who's from a white trash family, and you're making him to a basic serial killer. But then all of a sudden, at the end, he's a superhuman. It's like it it just doesn't. I I, I feel where Brian's coming from. Let's right, get, yeah. let's jump let's jump into these next scenes. Um, Michael and Ronnie are watching TV, and Ronnie is harassing him about killing cats. It's you know everything that happened at school. And then Michael, he yells to Judith about going trick-or-treating. Judith, just, I'm going to be late. And I just wrote with stars beside it. I fucking hate Ronnie. Uh, <laughs> Judith's, boy, Judith's boyfriend shows up, and they don't take Michael trick-or-treating. And they just go up to their room to have sex. And then the, the movie cuts between Deborah, you know, stripping to Love Hurts, and Michael, he's sitting on the curb, mad about what's going on. Boyfriend Steve, all of a sudden, just puts on the Michael Myers mask and says he wants to do it with the mask on. Michael walks inside and Ronnie is asleep in the chair. Michael, he's just eating candy at the table, the kitchen table. And then he, he walks to the counter in the uh, drawers and he grabs out some duct tape and a kitchen knife. He tapes Ronnie to the chair. And I really, I, this is where I start to feel some, you know, some evil in Michael. He, he, as he's taped, he, as uh, the stepdad is taped to the chair, he's looking right down into his face and he cuts his throat. And Michael just stares right into his eyes as he bleeds to death. And you get a really good visual of, you know, Ron, of William Forsythe's neck bleeding. He's, like, trying to breathe in. I really I really like that kill. I just wrote pure evil. Now boyfriend Steve goes down to the kitchen for a post-smash sandwich. Michael sneaks up behind him and beats him. He hits him in the head with a baseball bat, and he falls to the ground. And then he just bludgeons him to death. And you get, like, these really scary foot twitches from him, and I really like that. He drops the bat, and he gets the knife, and he heads to Judas room. He enters the room, and he puts on the Myers mask. He runs his fingers up her leg real, you know, creepily, and she turns over and says, what the fuck? And she's slapping him in the face. (laughs) He stabs her in the stomach. She hobbles out bleeding everywhere. He follows her down the hallway, then stabs her repeatedly. He puts the knife down, takes the mask off, and says happy Halloween to the baby. Deborah gets home to see Michael and the baby outside on the steps. What is going on? Then you just hear police sirens go off, and we see the bodies being taken out on stretchers. Deborah Myers is crying, and you get the visual of Michael in the back of the police car. Brian, you want to go first on those two? Uh, sure. Look, so we're back. <laughs> we're, we're back to White Trashville here. And to, I know you might love that Love Hurts song, but to me, like, I think I love the is. song. The song is great out of this movie, but that was dog shit selection for the scene, like, to go back and forth with the strip club and thing. I think I think that was way yeah. out of place and didn't even feel like it, it fit in there. Um, he had some good cinematography with the shots when he killed a boyfriend um, to me, but, you know, I, I felt nothing for that. I You know, you rooted for Michael to do it. You felt because you hated you hated his, the, hated the boyfriend anyway. Um, baseball bat kill, Jesus Christ. I will give it that. I will give it this. That was brutal and felt real. Like yes. definitely felt real. Um, so 
whenever he puts on the Myers mask and then he's, you know, let's get even more white trash and have him run his fingers over her, her leg and add some incest vibes too, because we weren't white trash enough. So let's, right. add, let's add that to, uh, to Myers lore that he's, you know, incestual. Um, the one positive thing I will say is I love how it's got at the very end of this scene sequence that you just talked about, how it's got the uh, newscast where everything's frozen in the scene and it's panning towards, you know, through the whole scene. And then you get uh, you know, young Myers in the back of the police car and he just like turns and looks at the camera. I, I really thought that was a really cool scene. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. So, oh boy, here we go. Um, here I we like, go. I like Love Hurts as a song. You're right. And only... I only don't like it here because I feel like it's such a weird scene. Yeah. Like the, the back and forth between Sherry Moon uh, stripping and, which, by the way, hello, Sherry Moon, um, and Kid Michael sitting on a curb crying is very weird to me. Like, it's a very weird scene that I just don't like. Uh, had I known that a sequel was coming, Love Hurts makes a little more sense, even though I don't like that movie that much. I, I, it ties in. So, again, love that song. I love this whole soundtrack. Um, there's a couple scenes here, though, that are really well directed by Rob Zombie as far as camera work. Uh, the shot, the way it's framed, the way, the way he moves the camera around. So I don't think Rob Zombie's a bad director, just the way he uses the camera for the most part. I'm fine with a lot of that here. I love the Ronnie kill. I think it's brutal. I hate that we're pulling for Michael to do it. But I love the kill, the kill itself. Uh, and for anyone who says, how would Ronnie not wake up? I have it. He's so goddamn drunk uh, and yeah. effed up on pills. Of course he's not oh, waking yeah. up. So oh, there you yeah. go. So there you go. Also, hello, Judith. Hello. How are you? Call me sometime. Um, so, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Okay. Uh, I agree. I actually like the way they use the tension and and music in these two scenes um it's not the score which i like it's just you know some creepy vibe music that i really enjoy love the way the camera is used um the bat kill love it brutal kill felt real like uh like you guys said it felt it and i love the twitch like nico said that is such a cool added thing that i don't think a lot of people notice and i fucking love it i i think it's great the only thing i don't like about these scenes is the Michael, the kid Michael putting on the mask. Because to me, ridiculous. Things. there's two things there. One, what the fuck? Like, it's just a weird scene. It's just a very strange scene. But I love the original origin story for him finding the mask out of the damn convenience store or the hardware store, whatever that was. Like, I love that. So, or however he originally found that, like, I love that more than I do finding just finding a random ass from Judas boyfriend. So well because Tyler uh Tyler what's Tyler Maine's so huge that mask is so huge and he looks like a bobblehead. He looks you like a bobblehead wearing it. Right. Now. You could tell they made that mask for Tyler Maine for yeah. sure. And so the mask looks hokey a little bit and I'm like, oh really this is bullshit. Like this is <laughs> it's it's like Sartain putting it on in the new one like what the fuck is this? This is stupid. So but I don't mind the Judith kill. I think it's fine, but it's a little scream-like for me. Stab to the gut, stab to the face, stab, stab, stab. So, you know, not bad. There's some really good here, and I just want to reiterate. <clears throat> Hello, Sherry Moon. And 
Also, she does a great job finding uh, in the scene where she finds everybody dead. I think she does a really good job at acting in that scene. I feel like I, there's going to be a lot of hello, a lot of characters in this movie. Yes. Hello. <laughs> hey, Dre, before you go, I'm just going to say, I'm calling Mike for the rest of the movie Ronnie because he just flirted with the mom and the daughter in five minutes. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. That daughter of yours got a cute little dumper on her. Go, go ahead, Drew. What's your thoughts, man? I'll say, like, these, uh, these scenes, like, uh, Mike touched on, like, the way they were shot was just phenomenal. Yep. I agree. Phenomenal. Like, I wrote down, like, in my notes here, I was like, you know, the little nuances of, like, uh, you know, him walking uh, through the blood and it's showing his tiny footprints down the hall after he just, like, beat the shit out of that boyfriend. I, I love that. I was just like, the little the little details to me matter in these, these scenes. Uh, outside of that, uh, the bat kill was freaking awesome. Awesome. Just absolutely awesome. I will say this: I did notice that it was a plastic bat that he had in his hand because when he pulled it up, I was like, "That that's one of them plastic bats you get from Walmart for two dollars two ninety nine." All right. <laughs> uh, it, like a little detail there, but nitpicking. Outside right. of that, um, like what Mike said, like with uh, Sherry talking about how she portrayed at the end when she's like comes there, it's like, "Oh baby, give me give me the baby." You know what's going on? What's going on? I I, I really felt that. Me too. Uh, concern of a mother. Yep. With that, with that little in, in, interaction between them two, and then you know, like with the uh, the cops coming there, and then uh, they're talking about also what news agency is going to just roll up there and be like gruesome murder tonight, three people murdered, one by bat, like just give all the fucking details right off the bat, like on you know. News at nine. It, brother, it doesn't happen like that. Brother, that, there that is a, a there is a newsreel scene in every fucking Rob Zombie movie. Anyway, I digress. Uh, <laughs> I, I just thought I was like, oh, you no, know, I, 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 I could have done without it. All right, Smith Grove. Eleven months later, here we go. Found guilty of murder. Loomis interviews Michael. Asks, "What do you remember?" Michael says he didn't do it. Now he's with his mom, asks if he can go home, and is everyone okay at home? The janitor, Ishmael, peeks into his room and tells Mikey, don't let the walls get to you. And I just wrote down, there's more. A lot of this right now is just cuts in between Loomis and Michael, Michael and his mom. More Loomis and Michael. Loomis tells him that black isn't a color, because he's asking, you know, he's coloring masks. Michael is making more and more masks, I wrote. Michael panics. He wants to go home. Loomis tells him he can't because he's done terrible things. There's more recordings from Loomis. The two are outside. Michael isn't talking to Loomis now. Loomis, Deborah, and Michael are eating. Loomis walks her to the car. The nurse comes in to watch. She makes a joke to Michael that the baby is cute but couldn't be related to you. And that's just been referenced because Deborah gave Michael a picture of him and the baby from when they were a little, you know, from before he got sent to the psych ward. The nurse turns around to look, to not look at him. Michael grabs a fork and stabs her right in the neck. The guards come chasing into the room and there's sirens going off. And, you know, Dr. Loomis and the mom walking, what happened? What happened? And then Deborah runs up to Michael and like, he's like, he like snarls at her. Deborah is uh, crying on the, you know, she's crying on the cafeteria floor. Then it cuts to her. She's crying on the couch at home. She's watching like slideshows of the family. She gets a gun and she shoots herself. And she commits suicide, and you hear the baby crying. Fifteen years later, Ishmael shows the new janitor around. 
and I wrote down there's a lot of good racist talk by the new janitor. They go in, they go <laughs> in Michael Myers' room. Masks are everywhere. Michael got big as hell in 15 years, I wrote. They must be feeding that son of a gun good. They escort him to Loomis in the cafeteria, I guess. He hasn't spoken in 15 years. Loomis says he's become his best friend and his life is all fucked up. But this is his last day because he can't make he can't make any leeway with him. And you just you hear Loomis tell him, take care, Michael, take care. He walks off. He then uh, he's given a seminar on the evil of Michael Myers. Drew, you want to go first on that, man? I'll say this. I, I really uh, this is kind of where it kind of this this movie kind of lost me a little bit. Uh, it just like I say, like it's like a tale of two halves. Like the first twenty minutes, like they were okay, grabbed me in there, and then like this thirty or forty minute segment, just I'm like, why? I, you don't need this. You don't need. You don't need all the extra stuff that's going on here. Like with the, uh, I will say this: the the uh, the nurse kill with with uh, him stabbing her with a fork. Huh. I liked that. I liked it. I liked it. And then, like, with the mom, I also appreciated the uh, the scene where she, you know, looking at the memories and just trying to re- remember what her child was before all the insaneness, I guess you could right. say, happened. And then, like, you know, because I, I, as, as, a, as a parent, you know, those are kind of those things that you just sit there and realize, like, your number one concern is how your kids feel. Right. And like, if you feel like you just let your kids down and there's nothing you can do for them. And then like, you get to that point where just like, Oh, there's nothing I can do for it. I can understand where she's coming from seeing those videos and just saying, Oh, I'm going to end it all. I can get it. Go ahead, Brian. Um, so I don't this whole this whole part of it here, the Loomis Myers interview, the the more humanizing Myers, you know, the showing more of the Myers in the institution. You know, I get tr- you trying I, zombies trying to show him slipping into crazy more and more. But I mean, you can do this over a montage mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. like this is monotonous and super boring. And I can't wait until this half of the film is over with. Um I actually don't mind the nurse kill, I, mostly because of the cinematography. I liked seeing it through the security yeah. camera. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, it was. You don't you don't see every gory shock porn detail of it, um, which is nice is a nice change so far in this movie. Um, the soundtrack where it's only the siren, very effective. I thought that was very cool. But then it should have ended there, but I did because I didn't need the home movie montage that it's shown. Um, all right, so how do I? I really, I think it's, I really like the character of Jason. So I think it's like, you know, I was like, damn, you know, Tyler Maine is is this is this is Jason. Like this right. this is who he is. He's Jason Voorhees right here. Absolutely. And I think that's awesome. Just not in my Halloween movie. Right. And so like you know, looking at this as a standalone film, I I really like that you took that from from Friday the Thirteenth. Also, there's a whole you know another. Uh, thing with the um uh with friday the 13th later on i'll hit with that that i think they really took from there too but uh you know i mean i like i this should have been like five minutes into this movie not 40 to me yeah i mean you have you have loomis you know giving all the description of myers right here that you need you didn't need to see the first 40 minutes of this movie to me 
All right, so a couple things. Um, I like that. Okay, here's what I'll say. I don't like the direction that we've taken with Michael. However, we've taken this direction, so I'll play with it. I'll say this. I like that we have these Smith Grove scenes. I, I just think the execution is flat. I think it's too long. Yes. It's too monotonous, like Brian said. It's too overkill. I'm okay with some, since we've gone this direction, I'm okay with some character depth, like Loomis. In the in the director's cut, you get a better Loomis that looks like he cares about Michael Myers as a child. He actually is doing his job, trying to see what's wrong with this young guy. And at least in the director's cut, you get that. Is it necessary? Maybe not. But we've gone the direction, I at least... I'm curious, at least, what's you know what's the deal with this guy as a standalone movie, not as Michael Myers. So I just think the execution falls flat. It goes on a little too long. I like the nurse kill in the theatrical cut. In the director's cut, when she throws that fucking little stupid line in there about cute baby, couldn't be related to you, that makes me want to have Michael Myers kill her. And I don't, I don't need that shit. That's bullshit. Yeah. We just the, the theatrical cut got it right. Whoever cut that, <laughs> brav fucking oh. That's that's better. Like he's he he's crazy now. Fuck it. He just killed this random ass nurse. I love I love seeing it through the security camera. That is awesome. Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Michael Myers looking like uh, the Incredible Hole 15 years later. But I think Tyler Mayne is so good at being Michael Myers, I'm fine with it. Uh, he's actually a really good Jason Voorhees. So if oh, you ever do, if yes. you guys, hey, if you're listening and you're in charge of writing the next Friday and you don't want to cast Jason Mears, Tyler Mayne is probably available. Just saying. Yes. Just saying he'd be really good. <laughs> um, so what I'll say is this. I'm okay with the mom's suicide. I think it's since we've gone this direction, at least it gives me some emotional closure there. I'm fine with that. I think Sherry Moon does a good job. So it, it's there. It's not my favorite scene or anything, but I'm I, I'm fine with it. This redneck guard piece of shit is worthless. Uh, well, he's racist, <laughs> a prick, and we're supposed to hate him, which again I yep. don't need in this movie. My I'm supposed to hate Michael Myers, not not. Hey, what's the dish, Ishmael? Huh? Huh? Like what a fucking asshole! Like, oh God, I hate this guy. Hey, you actually got feelings for this freak? Well, now we all do. Now we all do because you're an asshole. We all want to see Michael Myers kill you. So congratulations. Like I just, I just, and what we're about to get into, in the he's in the movie long enough in the theatrical cut. He's in the movie entirely too long in the director's cut, which we're about to get to. But uh, I agree with the consensus here. The Smith Grove scenes are just too long. Just wait. Yep. All righty. Here's another oh. wonderful, wonderful Rob Zombie scene. Nighttime at the Grove. This is awful, man. God damn, this is awful. <laughs> Nighttime at the Grove. The redneck janitor we just met goes to the local watering hole and gets his cousin. He's like, I got, I got a new patient I want to show you. They grab her and they start, you know, fondling her. They take her into Mike. The, and the other guy says, I got a sure shitting idea, cousin. And he takes him there. Like, we're going to take him to Michael Myers' room. They hold her to the bed, and they rape her. 
And, you know, the one of the guards who's not doing the raping is grabbing Michael Myers' mask. He's getting, you know, in his face. So Myers finally gets up, and he kills both of the two janitors. After this, Ishmael, Danny Trejo, shows up, and he sees all the carnage that's going on. He turns around, and there's Michael Myers. He tries to put handcuffs on him, but Michael throws him into the wall. And then you just see, I feel, I do, I feel bad for my guy Danny Trejo here. Me too. He's man. like, I was good to you, Mikey. Yeah. And Michael Myers dunks his head in the water over and over and over, and he's almost about to drown. But then he throws him on the ground and to finish him off, he slams the TV on his head, killing him. The phone rings and Loomis answers, and he finds out what happened that the evening. And I just wrote these two words with an exclamation point after it. Tom Sawyer, Rush. Tom Sawyer by Rush is playing. Great. Mike, Mike's favorite guy, Joe Grizzly, he parks his rig, his semi. He goes <laughs> to the bathroom and he's looking at some dirty magazines. And then Myers shows up. You see his dirty feet with his slippers underneath the stall. And Myers keeps knocking on the door. And then Joe Grizzly gets up and says, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. And they fight in the stall. Joe, you know, Michael grabs his hand with his knife and it just he slams it to the stall wall over and over and over. And fun fact, those two actually did that scene themselves, no stunts. So that's awesome. They broke that thing themselves. Yeah. Joe punches him in the face, and then Michael Myers stabs him in the gut and kills him, and he steals his suit, and he somehow learned to drive an 18-wheeler. <laughs> All right. 55 minutes into the movie, we're finally in Haddonfield. God damn. Lori, <laughs> Lori and her parents are having an awkward, yet way less white, trashy breakfast conversation. <laughs> the, the dead ask her to drop this envelope off under the door of the Myers house. Tommy catches up to her. You know, Jesus Christ. Michael, she takes the fly, she takes the envelope to the door and Michael's in the house. She doesn't know it. He gets his mask back. She slips the envelope under in, into the mail slot and you just see the visual of, you know, Michael looking out of it. He watches them both walk away. Lori, Annie, and Linda, they're on the library talking. Lori's looking outside of the window and she sees Michael just staring at her. You know, you get that same scene from the first yep. the first movie. Uh, Drew, you want to go first on those two? Uh, yeah. 55 minutes into the movie, we get to Haddonfield. Yes, yes. Fine. This is what Fine. we was talking. This is exactly Fine. what uh, me and Brian was talking about this. It's the tale of the two halves. You got about 15 minutes at the beginning that maybe made sense to the movie. And then you had to wait 45 minutes before it actually got to where we wanted to go. There's two things I want to talk about this. First, Danny Trejo. My man. My man. My man. I love me some Danny Trejo. Machete. Why on God's green earth did his hat not come off during the water scene? <laughs> My man is getting drowned in a sink full of water. But I've his never hat even noticed. stays on. Never know. You, ju- you, an- you just answered your own. You just answered your own question, though. It's Danny fucking Trejo. That's, that's why. That's why. That was literally the only thing I was thinking the whole time during that scene. Was like, how the fuck is his hat still on? He's being dunked like sixteen times, and the whole time I was like, you know, uh, I was like, is he gonna let him off? Is he just gonna kind of drown him? You know. Then he pulled him back out, and then I was like, okay, he's gonna let him live. And then it was like, nope, nope. TV on the face. Mm-hmm, he dead. <laughs> Uh, and then, 
On that one, I'll say this, uh, where it kind of segues into the house, and he, you know, he finds his, that, that's what we're talking about right here, right? Where he right. uh, goes back to get his ha- uh, his mask, right? Yes. yes. How in the world does, he was what? Was he 10 or 11 when this happened, like, originally? I don't Who know. Knows? I don't kid. Know. So, we'll just say a kid has cool kid, enough capacity in the mind to say you know what let me go hide my knife and this mask in the floorboards and then once he comes back out he's just like oh yeah i hit all my shit in the floorboards let me get it out and i'm bam i'm back into it it uh, details 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 right um and i think this kind of goes back uh, i know brian said he wasn't a real uh, a real fan of the mask at the beginning, but I kind of feel like it it made sense throughout the movie because I feel like as the Loomis and interactions went along with them, like it would show that that was his, that's where he was, that was his safe place. That's where he could be whoever he wanted to be. And obviously he wanted to be a crazed killer that just wanted to stab and kill people. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. Uh, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. Had to get that out one more time. <laughs> I'm not a. I hate. I hate, and I can't stress this enough. Say I again. I hate Loomis's college tour character. Like it's even worse in the second movie, but it's it starts in this movie and it really pisses me off. I'm not a fan. Uh, so x that out right there. Rape scene is entirely unnecessary. It it just it is garbage. It's white trash. Look, I'm I'm okay. Here's the deal. I'm not okay. I, I want to word this better. That type of scene can be utilized to create sympathy in the right movie like a I Spit on Your Grave or something like that. It's, it has no place in a Halloween film. Zero. None. It's ridiculous. And it pisses me off and it makes me want to see Michael Myers kill people. I don't understand why we continue to do this. So again, bad character direction. Um... It makes Michael a hero for saving a rape victim. What yep. is that? Like, what is that? Okay, I'll get off that horse, I guess. Uh, hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Real quick. Is it, is, I know there's another version. It might be the theatrical. It's so much better how he gets so out much, there. Just, they're just absolutely. escorting him, and he absolutely. just breaks free. That is so that. much better than okay. showing a girl yep. getting raped. I was yeah. just about to say that, Nico. In the yeah. theatrical cut, he just breaks the chains and beats the shit out of everybody and kills them. And it's real short and it doesn't take long. And you still get the Danny Trejo kill. And it's much more condensed and shorter and it makes a lot more sense. This is garbage. Like, it's yeah. way too long. I was just about to say, the massacre at Smith Grove is entirely too long. The kills take too long. The rape scene is in there. I like the Danny Trejo kill. Like, I'm a, I am like the way they kill him. But again... This is the first time. Now, I want you to understand this. This is the first time in this entire movie, and we're almost 48 minutes in, that I am mad at Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, I wrote the same thing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yep. fuck this guy. This guy's a piece of shit. He just killed this nice guy. No, nah, I was good to you, Mikey. Like, like <laughs> that's good shit. And it was really, I love Danny Trejo in that scene. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, we talked about Joe Grizzly, bitch. Um, I, I also wrote down how did Myers get so big? Like, I, I still it's yeah. to me, but I, I'm okay with it. I like Joe Grizzly being the reason he has a jumpsuit. I think that's a nice touch. 
nice uh, change from the original, so I'm okay with that. Shout out, shout out to the H2O Easter egg with Mr. Sandman softly playing in the back. Yes, yes, yes. 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 That's great shit. Great shit. Hey, you're talking about him being so big. Like they actually, I think Rob Zombie actually said that he cast Sherry Moon because yep. she's tall and she want they ah. wanted it to be believable. But he's six eight. Sherry Moon is not believable. Hey, that's hey. that doesn't work. Hey, Brian, he cast Sherry Moon Zombie because that's his wife. That's a hundred percent. She's wife. in every movie, and that's fine. I it, it's fine. Whatever he wants to do is fine. Yeah, I read that. Nothing wrong with that, but that's a bunch of shit, what he just said. Um, so, I okay, we're on to Haddonfield, fucking finally. Yes. I love Laurie's parents, especially in the director's cut. I think they're good parent characters. Um, really well fleshed out. They seem like nice people. Uh, I love the, the the mom. The mom is funny, and she's got some good one-liners that come later. Uh, I don't need Laurie Schlossfinger fucking a bagel, but that's fine. It kind of made me laugh. A little bit. This scene, this breakfast scene, is still better than 2018's. I got peanut butter on my penis. Mm-hmm. So it's much yeah. better than that. I'll right take finger, that. I'll take finger fucking the bagel than peanut butter on my penis from Ray any day. Ray, you're the worst character in Halloween history besides <laughs> Tina. Anyway, um, so Scout, I know we met her, so I'm not, I, I'm not, ju- I'm not just talking that smack. She's Oof. a good Lori Strode to me. Oh. I've all I've thought that from the very first time I saw it. And I in this movie, yeah, actually, I think the second <laughs> movie is well acted, but she's not given great material. That's just me. So, I think she's really good as Laurie Strode in this movie. In this role, I think she plays uh, that Laurie Strode type ish character really well. And I okay, this is one big part. I know we were all going to differ on. Or they all you guys were gonna say one thing, and I'm gonna disagree. This is my first big difference. I think I like the mass discovery scene. I think it's awesome. Oh, I love it. So, I think no, you're great. not. Okay, I think it's great. And <laughs> go Drew, figure that. Drew, Drew hold on, Drew, like Drew, Drew. I'm gonna tap. Uh, I'm gonna cap tip you. I think you're right. It is a leap in logic. I'm not denying that. However, the way it's shot. The way they use the score, the I love the way that the the light is creaking through the window a little bit. I love that scene. It is so badass. It's well, yeah, not the I, presentation of it is right. great. That's why I love it. I I I'm willing to ignore the leap in logic just for that alone. I don't I, even think I don't even think it's a leap in logic. I mean, the dude sat at Smith's Grove for thirty right. damn years. You don't think that he remembered what the hell he did with the last thing that he had on? Know. Well, yeah, but like, what what kids could be like? You know what? Let me go hide the mask and uh, knife underneath the cupboard. I mean, underneath the floorboard. Like, what ten year old is going to do that? He is a psychopath. Hey, I I buy it, but I mean, that's just me. Uh, Go ahead, Brian. Brian, look, I think I think they went way way overboard with this rape scene. Fucking Rob Zombie tried to. He towed the line the entire first 40 minutes, and he finally crossed it, like, in my opinion. It was just shock, Rob Zombie bullshit that yep. you don't need at all. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote it down. Mike said the same thing. You got Mike, or you got Michael Myers turned into a good guy right here. Like, he is the quintessential good guy in this scene, and I, I hate it. I did, I've never even seen the theatrical version, so I'm very glad that they cut it out for the theatrical version, to be honest with you. Um I actually, I said the same thing. I actually did like the Trejo scene because for the first time you have him killing somebody who's been good to him. I really like that. 
And actually for that scene, I got it written down here for that on. I finally, this movie becomes actually watchable to me. Like I almost have shut this movie off. I don't know how many times because I think it's been pure dog shit up until this moment. And honestly, from now until the end, it it rivals Halloween 78. How it rivals any of the Halloween films to me. I love the rest of this film, to be honest with you. Um, I agree. I agree love the love the bathroom scene. Um, and honestly, like I said, I love the mask put on scene. And unlike 2018, they did it in the dark. They did it with the music. They set the tension, yep. and I think I think oh, that's you mean it was they, great. They did it much better than 2018. Oh, absolutely. Um, let's see. Oh, and here's another hot take of mine: the three friends, you know, Tyler Scout, Danielle, Christina. Is her last name Klebe? How do you Klebe? How do you say? Oh, it? We'll go with, we'll, yeah, go with Klebe. 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 I don't know exactly okay. how to say it, but yeah. Look, they're way, I think those three are way better and believable teenagers yes. than the original 78 oh, ones. I, I think they're better actresses. I yeah. think they are, yeah. they're much better. And Tyler Skate Com- Scout Compton is a much better Laurie Strode than Jamie Lee Curtis. In 78. Uh, uh, well, I've never even seen Halloween 2 more than once, and I wanted to kill myself, so I don't remember how she was in that one. <laughs> so, Brian, now you're talking about the... Uh, like with the rape scene and stuff like that, like uh, talking about how he's going to be the hero. And all. I actually didn't take that away from like him being a hero or whatever. I was like, <clears throat> like he didn't give a shit about that girl getting touched, molested, raped, whatever, until they, until they touched his fucking mask. And that's when he lost his shit. So like, I didn't even get the sympathy part from it. Cause I'm like, he didn't give a fuck about that girl. They, they touched oh, his know. stuff. And then all of a sudden he lost it. Then he's like, don't touch my mask. My mask is mine. And that's he didn't he wasn't doing it to protect the girl he was doing it to protect his mass. Yeah, they kept poking the bear, and the bear finally. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. Oh, hey. I will say too, I love Clayby's how she throws in totally like as you know into her yeah. acting just is a nod to this. I really like that too. Yep. Hey, hey, Nico, b- b- before you take back over, I wanted to t- to piggyback off of what Brian said about the uh, about Lori and her friends. I think, like you said, they are much better portrayed. The acting is better. The more the characters are more fleshed out. And look, you can disagree with the decision to make Linda what I would like to just let's just call it what it is a slut. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I think it's okay. Like I, I don't mind it. I think it's at least a character. And the first one, she kind of serves no purpose but to die on screen. And so, at least in this movie, she has some character, some lines, some development. I love Danielle Harris. I'm sure everyone on the show knows that. Well, you, I'm not the only one, so holler if you hear no, me. you're not. I love so, her. I love Danielle Harris. <laughs> so, great casting. And by the way, this is one tap, cap tip I will give to Rob Zombie. Tip of the cap for casting Danielle Harris in mm-hmm. a Halloween movie all these years later after being Jamie Lloyd, getting the shaft in Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, Bringing her back into the fold. And it, hey, David Gordon Green, if you're listening, you should have fucking done the same thing. Thank you. I just told Brian. I think the teen, the teen, uh, the teen characters actually had probably the best lines in the whole movie. Like, I agree. The, the dialogue is fine with them. I have no problem with them. The, the way they interact, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the way me and my friends were. Like, that's the way we talked when we was in high school. Hey freak, yeah, exactly. hey freak, you want some of the young stuff? I like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I think honestly, I think Linda was portrayed as slutty probably as you could portray back in 78. I think to me like she was yeah. portrayed that way. So I thought it was true to her character. 
just right, more, just more modernized. Oh, I know you're not there yet. I'll, I'll wait till you go. Go ahead, Nico. Uh, Loomis and the Smith Grove head honchos, they're debating on whose fault it was that he got away. You know, he's like, all you had to do is just babysit him until he died. He tells him to call Haddonfield. And Ido Kia says, it's over 100 miles away from here. The three girls are walking, you know, this is the three girls walking home scene. They see Michael and they start harassing him like, you know, Mike was just doing. And he says that her dad is a sheriff and he walks away. Sheriff Brackett, a.k.a. Yeah, my man, door. My man. My man, that's right. Sheriff Brackett <laughs> shows up and takes Annie home. And I wrote down just what Brian said. Totally. We see Michael in the background as Lori gets home. I really did like the totally, you know, too, homage. Man. I like that. Loomis and the gravekeeper get to the graveyard. The keeper freaks out, dropping hella cuss words when he sees what happened. There's a coyote on a crucifix where Judas' tombstone was. Bob and Linda get to their smash house. Myers is on the roof. They get done having sex, and he goes to get her another beer. And I wrote down, why not bring the damn cooler inside? Why would you leave the beer outside? Uh, That's just a nitpick. Linda calls Lori, and they talk about school and stuff. Bob comes in with the sheet on, and then Myers attacks him and stabs a knife through him into the wall. Myers goes into the room with the sheet on. Boob shot. Myers starts to strangle her. And he carries her, her dead body off. I'm going to go ahead and read the next scene as well because that really wasn't a lot. Loomis is at a gun shop buying a 357 Magnum because, you know, he wants he's going big game hunting, as a, gun, as a pawn shop guy says. Lori and her parents are on the porch chilling. She leaves with Annie. The mom goes inside, but Myers attacks the dad on the porch. He goes in and kills the mom with a neck break. Lori and Tommy are having a snack. And then he asks, is the boogeyman real? Then she scares him. Then Annie calls her. Myers is watching through the window. I really like seeing Michael behind in the background of Annie. Lindsay is watching TV with no clue. Myers is right behind her. Loomis is with the sheriff. He expresses concern over the missing tombstone in the coyote crucifix. Annie and Lindsay walk to Tommy's. You see Michael in the background. They get to Tommy's house. The two, you know, they, they agree. I wrote the two girls agree that Lori needed dicking. <laughs> and then Paul shows up to get Annie. Mike, do you want to go first on those scenes, man? Okay. This, yeah. to me, is where, like Brian said, it starts to feel like an actual Halloween movie. Yeah, this is the first time it really feels like an actual Halloween movie. Uh, shout out to Brad, as I wrote in my notes here. Excuse me. Brad motherfucking Dorf, my man. I wrote that right there. Uh, I love the Halloween distance line callback from the original. Over a hundred miles away from here. You know, that's... I like that. Um, the only thing, I love the dialogue that, that the teens are given. Small thing, though, kind of makes them unlikable for Tony and Michael Myers. You know, hey, freak, you like the young stuff. But outside of that, that's kind of a nitpick. It doesn't bother me that much. Um, again, love Lori's parents in the director's cut. The, the callback to the, you know, I'm still mad about the whole bagel thing this morning, to be honest with you. That's really good <laughs> shit. Like, I thought that was awesome. Like, that's a really funny. See, hey, David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, humor can exist. You don't have to overdo it. Okay. Anyway, uh, unnecessary title cards, as our, uh, as Dead Meat James would like to point out. This is fucking unnecessary. Trick or treat, the un- the that title card, it's just, ugh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Linda, who we met. Hello. How are you? Call me sometime. 
Fantastic scene that you're in here. And uh, I don't. I think this is the first time in a Halloween movie we get a full frontal. So. I was going to say it's the first first full frontal we've done in any movie that we've watched. Yes, yeah. I love. I I like her character a lot. I guess. Um, I love the "Don't Fear the Reaper" callback. Shout out to that. Uh, her boyfriend is a fucking loser, and I don't. Every boyfriend <laughs> in this, every boyfriend in this movie is a loser. It looks like they would hang out at a Rob Zombie car. Oh, that's not very nice. I actually, <laughs> actually, I actually, I actually like Rob Zombie's music, so I, I don't want to do that. Or some of it, some of it. So again, uh, the only thing about the Bob kill, are we there yet? Yeah, we're there. Yep. The only thing about the Bob kill is it's a direct ripoff of the original, and I think you need a little bit of that, but like. The 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street, too much can be a bad thing. So I would have pulled that back a little bit, maybe did something different. Uh, so it, because it's so identical, it makes it not as effective. Again, this is these are the scenes that feel like a Halloween movie where Maine is a very effective Michael Myers. Like, he is so good. And uh, shout out to the kid actors who play Tommy Doyle and um, fuck, what, why am I drawing a blank here? Lindsay. Lindsay Wallace. Lindsay. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to the kid actors. I think they did a really good job. Uh, so, uh, yep, that's all I got right there. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, I've got written down how much I really love Malcolm McDowell as Loomis. You know, yep. I guess starting from here on, I liked him in the beginning, but this, I was so distracted with how shitty the movie was at the beginning. This is really starting to, I really like him in the rest of this. Um, that walk and talk. The only thing I will say that, I mean, this is just a nitpick of mine, but that's, hell, it's in 2018, got this wrong too. But it doesn't feel like fall. It doesn't feel like Halloween. Um, there's flowers blooming still. Like, the yeah. atmos- the atmosphere in a Halloween movie, to me, is very important. And like I said, even 2018 got that wrong. You know, when we reviewed that, I, I was complaining about that too. But it's only in this part. Like, they get that right later on. Um uh, I actually like like how the whole Bob and Linda thing is in the Myers house. It kind of it's you know yes the the Bob kill is exactly the same, but I thought that it was different enough that I I mean I liked it and I felt like okay. that that Bob kill is so iconic that it almost had to be per, whole it almost had to be I think that I would have missed it if it hadn't been in there right um uh and, and especially like you know for as much as that was just like the 78 one him busting in that strode house was so unexpected to me i really liked i really liked how surprising that was you know especially after that you know copy of the bob kill um i wasn't super convinced right off the bat about brad dorf being the sheriff bracket but this scene sold me hook line and sinker the the exchange between him and lunas right there i think was was amazing and i think it was either it was both great writing and great acting and i think that it really like i said it really sold me as a on a on a brad brad dorf as sheriff bracket um the only the last thing that i'm i thought felt a little bit out of place was michael standing behind Lindsay while she was watching tv and i guess he was maybe watching tv a little bit i don't know but to me like it just he was I don't know. He just fell out of place in that scene, and I don't know how else to really uh, describe it except for that. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, see, I can, I can imagine uh, with what you're saying there, Brian, with like where he fell out of place. Like it just felt like it was like you, you could pan there, and I think it would have done had a better effect if like he wouldn't have been there. 
Like it's like you was kind of expecting somebody to be there, but it's not there. Or just further in the background in a window yeah, or, just, or something. Yeah. He just was too close to me. It was just like, whoa, oh shit. And it was just yeah, felt, because then, felt because as soon as as soon as they come in there and you see them and they like she turns right back and he's like he's instantly gone. Yeah, I think that's where kind of like even if you would have panned like further back and then then he would have been closer when she looked the second time. Right, I think it would have made for a more dramatic uh, revelation for it. But uh, I, I like all these. Uh, the uh, you know I'm Queen Sheba. I'll do what I want. You know that's your little girlfriend. No, I don't like girls. They're not supposed to be over here. Like you know. I, I totally get that. Uh, it's definitely not as good as um, seventy-eight. Yeah, guess. yeah, because that's those true. two, those uh, that's that was the cream of the crop at the top of those two. Those two characters alone. Yep. But it, I didn't, I didn't uh, like or hate any one of these. When, like when he kills them or whatever, it was fine. The Bob kill um, was really good. Outside of that, that's all I got. All right, back to Loomis and the sheriff. They argue. Sheriff says he doesn't like Loomis because he's wrote a book about him. He's come back to get his baby sister, says Loomis. The sheriff calls the Strode house, and they get no answer. They get into the car to head to the Strode house. Tommy and Lindsay are watching TV talking about the boogeyman. Paul and Annie are making out on the couch. Michael walks in. He grabs Paul and stabs him. Annie tries to run off, but Myers grabs her and slams the door. That's one of the scenes from the trailer. He backhands the hell out of her, I wrote. He drags her He drags her through the house, back to Tommy's. Lori tells Lindsay it's time to go. Sheriff and Loomis are driving. He says he dropped the baby off at an emergency room in another town. Another baby is in Lori's road, and she was adopted. Lori walks Lindsay home. She sees Annie on the ground and Potty's ball, body hung with a pumpkin on his head. Myers is behind the door. She calls 911. Annie is crying for Lori. The sheriff gets the call on the CB, an emergency call from Lori. Myers grabs Lori. She breaks down the glass door. She's running through the streets and gets to Tommy's house. Myers shows up and breaks through the door, and they hide in the bathroom. And I'm going to stop right there because the next two scenes are the last two I have wrote down. Drew, do you want to go first on those, man? The Annie and Paul uh, thing is like, you know, yeah, I've been there before. Stink over <laughs> there. I've been there yeah. before. So, Never. like... So, like I said, the, like the teen characters and the way they put put it, uh, way he put it in this is like very on brand for him. I'll say when Loomis is like explained, or Sheriff is explained to him, like, hey, you know, we, I didn't want her growing up to know this tragedy that she was going to be a part of, and uh, then I got called by this person, and they were adopted. Eh, I wasn't a fan of that. Wasn't a fan of it. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. So, really quick, I want to battle Drew back on that. I like that this movie takes the time to acknowledge in the first movie, since we're going with continuity, I like that this movie takes the time to acknowledge that they are brother and sister. If that's the story we're going with, I like that this movie has a little part where it says (laughs) he's come back for his baby sister. They talk about it amongst uh, Brackett and Loomis. I like that. For some reason, I don't know why, but I do. I meant to touch on it when uh, Nico touched on it a little bit ago, but I, uh, the parents' kills aren't great, but you feel them. They are very, I'm emotionally tied to these parents, right. and that made me turn on Michael with the quickness. If I wasn't already turned, I'm turned now by 
uh, Lori's parents being killed. So that that really got me. Shout out to the Easter egg. The owner of the gun store is the base guy from the monkeys. Yep. So that's kind of fun. Uh, shout out to that. I hope I didn't steal anybody's fun fact. Um, this, so back to where we were. The scene where Meyer stalks or it's kind of watching Lindsay watch a movie. Oh, I love that. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was creepy. It felt like an old Halloween movie, like four, you know, six, you know, like a good Halloween scene. I I thought it was awesome. The only thing I'll say is why the fuck are these kids watching really old ass Halloween movies? But then I did a little research and I realized, oh, those are Rob Zombie's favorite movies. These black and white old like zombie creature movies. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, So I guess that's why it's there. Um, I love the music in these scenes. I think they use a lot of the old Carpenter stuff really well, kind of like the original on steroids, I guess. This is the Cliff Notes version of the original film. The la- the last 50 minutes of this movie is a Cliff Notes version of Halloween 78, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I just wish it had come a little sooner is all. So, um, I like... Yep. Well, it's, uh, it's done in about the same amount of time. Yeah, and that's kind of... Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, one more thing. I love the interaction with Brackett and Loomis. I think the two characters play off each other really well. Both are acted really well by Brad Dorif, mm-hmm. who should get a freaking Academy Award for his performance in Halloween too. but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> um, and I love Michael McDowell and Loomis. And by the way, Danielle, hello. Call me sometime. I have to do this because I did it for everybody else, so you get the same. Scout. Hello, call me sometime. Okay, <laughs> I, I want to be equal treatment with how I express my love here on this show. Um, I think she's good as Annie for a couple reasons. That is a very tough scene to do. Naked, on the floor, <laughs> covered in fake blood, you know, blood. Like, you have to really sell that scene, and I think she did a really good job. So, that's all I got. I'm going to touch on all that at the end. Go ahead, Oh, yeah, Drew. go ahead. Hey, Mike, so <clears throat> you talking about how you love how it touches on the uh, how the brother-sister dynamic of the whole franchise, you know, how they, they, right. they go back to it and put it on there. So I'm, I'm fine with that, but <clears throat> in the end, how does he know that's her? Like, there's, like, how does he know? Uh, now, that I don't have a good answer for, so... So that's my thing. Is like if you're gonna touch on that, there's got to be some way. Like you just don't go roll up there. Like like if I had been separated from my younger sister or whatever for ten, fifteen years, and then all of a sudden I was put in front of them, I'm not gonna know that that's my sister right there. I'll answer that. Here we go. This is the part where we get to, and I don't like it because he didn't use it the rest of the movie. But this is that that supernatural edge to Mike Mm -hmm. Myers, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. That's that that's where this starts to kick in. I don't like it. I think it's poorly executed because it takes so damn long to get there. But how would he know it's his sister? Man, he just knows. Right. Because he's Michael fucking Myers. And I'm okay with that being unexplained in this instance. Normally, I agree with you, Drew. Like, normally, I'm like, really? That's fucking terrible. But because of the character of Michael Myers that I'm used to, uh, I'm willing to let it go. Just the normal Michael Myers character. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. Like, it doesn't really bother me, but I, I just feel like, uh, like you can't really stand for it unless you like you answer both sides of that. That I guess my kind of thing. Like, you got, I don't know. Like, you got to kind of answer it. But then, 
I get your point too, where you're talking about, you know, the supernatural aspect of it. Like he just kind of knows it and that's, you just got to roll with it off faith. Right. Well, that, that's exactly my point on why I think you don't need the backstory for Michael is you don't, you don't need the backstory for Michael. You don't need to know this, like how he know how he, how he finds that out too. I think the unknown is just as like a scarier. I think Mm -hmm. that means to me too. Yep. Um, all right. So, I like the the uh, how Sheriff's preconceived opinion of Loomis like helps explain why he doesn't really believe him when he comes to him. It makes the Haddonfield police seem less idiotic, and I think they do this way better in this than they did in '78. I really like that scene between uh, Sheriff and Loomis there. Um, wow! So I have well documented love for Daniel Harris. Yeah, like you know, I have <laughs> multiple times to my wife called her my future ex-wife, but. Listen, like this, the Annie sex scene. Did it, did anybody else's VCRs freeze on this scene? Mine froze. <laughs> it, kept, it kept rewinding. You lost on your VCR, bro. It kept playing again. <laughs> VCR, Blu-ray, Amazon, whatever, whatever it was, it froze uh, multiple really? times for some really? reason. I don't know what was going on. Your what internet's was going on trash, there? bro. Um. <laughs> Look, I, w- I will say, like Harris kind of mentioned in a 2013 interview that uh, the producers didn't reach out for her for this role, that she pursued it heavily. And, really? she, ad- and she admitted, though, that uh, the main reason she was cast, well, at least she thinks, though, that the main reason she was cast was that she agreed to this very lengthy chase scene while naked. So something she'd never done before. But I, I guess they were having problems finding people that would stay naked for that long of a period. So thank you, Daniel. I just want to say that. Um, all right. So moving on from that scene that for some reason took a lot longer than. Yeah, they should have just cast one of the people from Human Centipede. They were naked for two hours. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm glad they didn't. Daniel Harris was the right way yes. to go. With much better. Um, much better. 100%. Um, the the walk from the Wallaces to the Doyles, this to me, it felt like Halloween. The atmosphere, yes. the yes. wind was blowing, the fall leaves were, were were out of nowhere blowing. But and I really that finally like finally felt like Halloween to me. So I wanted to acknowledge that. And the scene where like Annie's on the ground and you know um, Lori comes in, there's man, that is really great acting from from. Uh, Compton and Harris there like they that was very believable in in a movie and in a genre where acting scared honestly can come across very cheesy they did it amazing so I just wanted to shout that out all right boys here's the finale the police get to Tommy's house and you know the the Lori and the two kids they're in the bathroom so they yell he's out there Lori goes to open the door for the officer but Michael stabs him in the back the other officer shoots him, but is easily killed. He just storms right through the bullets. Myers grabs Lori and storms off with her. He carries her body back to his old house. The two kids are stopped by Loomis. They say Boogeyman took Lori. Lori wakes up in a funk. She sees Linda's dead body. Myers walks in. What do you want, she says. He drops the knife and pulls out the picture of them younger. She doesn't understand. She takes the picture. Myers takes his mask off. But she grabs a knife, and you know she's fake talking. She's fake talking to him, but then she just stabs him. She breaks down a door to try to escape. Myers gets back up, puts his mask on. She gets through the fence door. She takes off running, but falls into a pool. She cries for help, and Myers is there. He walks into the pool. Loomis 
Loomis shows up and says to stop. He pulls out the gun and shoots him repeatedly yelling stop, and Michael falls down. Loomis and Lori walk out of the pool. They get into his cop car. She says, was that the boogeyman? And, you know, Loomis gives the, you know, the iconic line, yes, I believe it was. Michael punches through the glass and grabs her. Loomis says it's not her fault to Michael. He grabs Loomis and gouges his eyes. Lori gets into a tunnel in the house. He drags Loomis's body. He finds the coat that she had put on. He looks through the house. He starts, he starts kicking in the walls trying to find her. She crawls out and sees Loomis. He grab, he, and Loomis grabs Meyer's leg as he walks by, but then he just easily walks away. Lori crawls into the roof in the ceiling area. He grabs like this wooden block, and he, starts, and he starts beating the hell out of the roof trying to get her to fall out. She falls through the roof into another room, and Myers tackles her through the window off the balcony. Lori's on top of him with the magnum. She dry fires the gun in his face a couple of times. Then it shoots him right in the face as he grabs her arm. She's screaming on top of her with blood all over her face. And it ends with the credits of the family slideshow. Right, I'm going to let Mike go last since this was his pick. Uh, Brian, do you want to go first on this ending? Yeah. Um, having the shrine to Judith with Linda's body, that's what I was talking about earlier being right out of Jason, right out of Friday the 13th. Yeah. Like yeah. with where Jason had Pamela Voorhees shrine there. I mean, Lori's even wearing a blue, big blue sweater. So I almost feel like that was on purpose. That was so on the nose. Um, I'm not a fan of, of the false ending uh, where they're getting in the car and you think it's over. Uh, yep. But but it leads to the like the redo of the closet scene. But yet it's in the wall, which I liked. I liked that was a little bit different, yep. a little bit more believable than in the closet anyway. Um, I, I do. I like the ending. After two hours, you know, I'm more than ready for this ending, but, uh, you know, and for the movie to be over with. Okay, so if you didn't know, if I didn't know that there was going to be a Halloween 2, because at the time you didn't know that, um, that was a pretty final ending. And coming from somebody who fought tooth and nail and did not want them to remake this in the first place, I was actually satisfied with, okay, well, that's it. They can't go really (laughs) further with this. So I was glad that that was just kind of I hope I hope that this is going to be just like a one off. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah, I'm with Brian on this one uh, with with the false ending because I was kind of like ready for it to kind of wrap up, to be honest. So when uh, the scene rolled into it and then he busts in the window and pulls her out and the screen or whatever, I was just like, oh, you should have just wrapped it up there. Been yep. done with it. Uh, don't 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 trick me. Don't don't trick me into wanting to watch this movie for ten more minutes. Uh, outside of that, I loved I loved how they fin- I did love how they kind of finished up. If they would just skip that part and just rolled right into where the diving through the window and all the other stuff, I think it would have been a better ending. Uh, okay, I think uh, Scout is great in these last twelve to fourteen minutes of this movie. Uh, I think her acting is really good. I agree with you, Brian, about the uh, very Jason-esque scene vibe <laughs> I get from that. Uh, I like it, though. I think it's good. It's different. So I'm fine with it. I like that they made the closet scene different, at least. It's still there, but it's different. Here's the thing. I, the scene where he's poking holes through the ceiling mm-hmm. takes a really long time. Oh, way too long. It is so fucking 
long. He's just poking <laughs> holes and poking holes, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Some like cut that out a little bit. Um, but you know, I agree with you guys about the ending. The false ending, I hate false endings. It's one of my pet peeves in movies, unless it's done really, really, really well. This isn't done that well. Uh, I like that they both went out of the window in this movie and not just Michael. I thought that was a nice little touch. And I like the way they ended it with Lori uh, shooting Michael. I, th- I thought that was good. I think, I, and I think Scout is great there. Uh, but I, I don't like the false ending. And I, and by the way, Malcolm McDowell is also great in these last 12 minutes. Like the scene where he's grabbing for Michael's foot, even though he's like half dying and he can't get it. I think yes. that's really good. Uh, and I think he's good caring for Lloyd looking like an actual human being, which they completely fucking shit on in the second one, but I'll save it for another time again. But uh, overall should have been shorter. Uh, the theatrical cut is, but only by about 11 minutes. So that lets you know they really wanted to get their shit in. I just yeah. think this movie could have been a nice 90 minute little film and they stretched it out entirely too long, especially the director's cut, which is two fucking hours. So, uh, Here's what I'll say. You know what? I'll save it for when we go over our rating. I'll, I'll save y'all, it. So go ahead. Y'all ready to jump into fun facts? Do sure. it. All right. You, I'll just go first. Go ahead, Nico. Hope I don't steal nobody's stuff. Uh, these are all from IMDb. McDowell ruined a great number of takes by invoking hysterical laughter <laughs> into the <laughs> other actors. Good. Top- Tyler Maine is the tallest actor to portray Michael Myers at a height of six foot eight inches tall, which is very believable because me we and Mike saw took him. a picture with yeah. him and he is a giant human being. Yes, he is. Uh, Emma Stone auditioned for the role of Laurie Strode. Oh, that would have been different. Yeah. Rob Rob Zombie originally wanted Danielle Harris to play Laurie and Sherry Moon to play Linda. That, no, no to all of that. No to yeah. all of that. <laughs> yeah, big big no to that. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, I only have one that I think I didn't spit, so I'll just I'll just say it here. Uh, some of these scenes were wrote on the day of shooting them. Um, that's not great. No, nope. <laughs> not good. Uh, and not all, not only is that in the DVD special features, which I have, they they pretty much show you there. But the cast has talked about it in interviews since that some of these scenes were shot uh, were wrote on the day of their shooting, and that's not a great sign for a movie. Um, I I, I kind of wonder which ones they were because I haven't really found that out yet. But uh, even in the special features, it's kind of hard to tell. So I always thought that was kind of weird. Um, and by the way, I know we'll touch on another time, but Rob Zombie never wanted to make a sequel. He also never wanted to do the last 40 minutes of this movie that we all like. <laughs> he just wanted to do his movie, which is why Halloween 2 is the way it is. Drew, go ahead. I was like looking through some of the uh, the articles written back in the day, and on ScreenRant.com, it said like you know that they approached uh, Zombie about directing the remake, and that uh, they turned around and shot down his initial idea for making two films, which is why during this one you have the yep. duality yes. of the uh, the Myers childhood and the other being a remake. So that's why I got in there, which I thought was kind of interesting, which makes. Right. More sense to why I didn't didn't like the two halves. All right, let's jump in the favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. Uh, I'll go first if if anyone, somebody else wants to go first. Go ahead. I'm probably gonna steal everybody's uh, points in the rating. <laughs> 
All right, my favorite kill. I wrote down it's a tie between the bully and the stepdad. I really like the I really like young Michael's kill on and for both of them. Uh, my least favorite kill. Uh, y'all probably will not guess what it is, and I'll explain it in my rating. My least favorite kill is Linda. And I'm not even gonna read why. I'm just gonna rate, wait until the rating. My rating of this movie is a seven. Uh, the pros, the third act up until the last 15 minutes is good. Tyler Maine and Dave Fanks played the role they were asked to good. I like uh, the three girls in this movie. I really like the fall atmosphere and a lot of it. All righty, here's the cons. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's too much cussing, white trashy dialogue. Michael Myers is too brutal to me. Uh, Kid Mike looks ridiculous in the mask. Like you guys said, the ending is too goddamn long. And to me, the nudity was almost at the exploitative level to me. Uh, I don't I don't need to see Christina Cleavy. I mean, the one breast shot, okay, that's fine. But I don't need to see her getting strangled and you see her chest and you see her vagina almost while she's getting strangled. You see Christina Cleavy again when, when Lori is brought into the room naked. I don't need to see Daniel Harris. A drug across this room for as long as she did naked. I don't need to see that in a slash movie. I'm sorry. I mean, if I want to see naked girls, I'll go to Pornhub or X videos. I don't want to see it in my Michael Myers <laughs> or Jason Voorhees movies. <laughs> I can rewatch this movie easily, but the cons I just said don't go away from me. I don't like the cons every single time. And I wrote this is this is a decent movie to me. It's decent. <laughs> uh, did you give your rating or are we waiting? No, it was a seven. Seven. Uh, seven, okay. Seven. Like, the second half is good, but right. like you said, the ending, I don't need to see this chase in the house for 15. It's like, it's like Jesus Christ, can we end this? And then, like you said, the Loomis and Myers in the beginning when he's a kid and the mom, cut that junk by about 10, 15. If you cut 10, 15 there and 10, 15 out of this ending, this movie might be, you know, an eight or yeah. something for me. It's just yeah. too long. Or the unrated director's cuts too long. Theatrical yes. might be all right. No. Brian, you want to go next? Or Drew, you want to go next? Whoever. We'll let Mike go last. I'll go. That's fine. Um, look, I, you can take all the zombie bullshit out of this and get it the hell up out of my Halloween. You know, after it's gone, the second half of this movie is honestly very, very good. Very good. It was a great remake at that point where... You made it feel familiar, but it wasn't shot for a shot, you know, so it wasn't shot by shot remake. Um, but alas, you make half a movie, you get a half a score from me. So 50% or a five is where I'm going to rate it. Okay. Um, my, uh, my, the worst kill to me is the Daniel Trejo kill. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, it didn't resonate with me, I guess, like the other ones did. Um, I don't really have a favorite kill. I would, some of it was a little bit I really liked all of the Michael Myers kills. I mean, I know they were maybe quote unquote boring, but I mean it's a guy with a knife, so there's only a little bit so much you can do um with the with that. I will I liked I liked the scene where he cut, you know, slit the uh, stepdad's throat or I don't know, I guess the boyfriend's throat. I don't know. I call him a boyfriend, but it might have been the stepdad. I don't think they were actually married. But uh you know, I, I liked that just because you don't see that very much because a lot of people shy away from showing that in a film. And I kind of liked it here. Um, you know, I would, I will, I'll go ahead and pick that one as my favorite. Go ahead, Drew. 
I would say my favorite kill is the back kill just because of the way they shot it after he beat his head and then how he just kind of he walked across the uh, the hallway and it just showed his, you know, I think it kind of resonated like, you know, this is a child, a kid that just did this gruesome thing and it shows his little tiny feet going down the hallway with his bloodstained feet. Um, far as the worst kill, uh, I don't really know because like part of me is with Brian on the uh, Danny Trejo character because I, I feel like how they put that in there, I, I think he should have gotten more. Like his sh- his kill should have been a little bit more um, meaningful. And then um, at the same time, like the way uh, Deborah Myers, you know, you know, the sh- shooting herself off the camera kind of didn't hit with me too. At the same time, so that, that's kind of a toss up. I'm giving this film a six point oh. Um, I would watch it again, um, mostly just for the ending, not really for the beginning, and that's it. Money Mike, let's hear that writing, brother. <laughs> okay, real quick, I missed it when we did scene-by-scene scene breakdown. I like the how Brackett explains away how Lori doesn't know she's Lori. I think that's really good and something the original, or the original sequel, Halloween 2, was missing. The explanation of how she, you know, how they did, how Lori didn't know this whole time that she may have been adopted and all this stuff. I think that was really well done. Anyway, um, here's what I'll say. My favorite kill is uh, Ronnie's throat kill. That's, I just love that because we're rooting for him to kill Ronnie. So when I'm in that mindset, I want to see him die. And I think that's such a brutal way to kill him. You talk all that shit, let me slit your throat. So I think that's a really... Uh, good kill and great, great actor portrayal by William Forsythe. The eyes, the way he uses it, I think it's really good. Uh, my least favorite kill is really hard in this movie because uh, if you go theatrical cut, it's just the random guard kills. You know, there's a couple random uh, guards he kills in the theatrical cut, so I'm going to use a cop out and go with those. It's just kind of a stab or a hit over the head with the elbow or something like that, so nothing special there. Uh, my rating. Um, this movie, I have a tie to. For reasons I've explained a million times. So it's always got a nostalgic pull for me. I could pop it at any time and enjoy it. I have a lot of problems with it. But I can pop it at any time and at least enjoy the movie. I think the cast is really good. I don't think this is their fault at all for the most part. I think it's really well acted. There's some directorial stuff. Or writing. More so the writing that I just can't stand. The creative direction that this movie took. I'm just not a fan of. Um, and because of that, it gets pegged down to where my initial theater experience was like, whoa, this is badass. Hindsight, uh, with more Halloween, I've seen every Halloween movie a million damn times now. So I've, I have more, I have ones that I enjoy more than this one. But it's definitely not my least favorite. So all that being said, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. I, it's, it's one I can enjoy anytime I can pop it in. Here's why it's more modern. I love Halloween 78, but I save Halloween 78 for Halloween night every year. That's just what I do. But Halloween 2007, I can pop in anytime. Cause it's a little more modern, a little bit quicker, except for the, uh, Smith Grove scenes. And so I, I, I give it a seven and a half out of 10 and cap tip to, uh, the actors and actresses in this movie. I, I think they did a good job. Sorry, Rob. Yeah, before Brian's going to do something at the very end, um, 
I did want to agree with what you said earlier. Zombie shot the film good. Yeah, I think yeah, so too. But Great. the, the yeah. dialogues was so killed bad. it. Killed it. Yeah. For me. Like that's my biggest problem. Crying shit. Crying shit. Like <laughs> of course you literally start with God of Thunder and you're like, all right, okay, something different, something and then you get into that fucking breakfast scene and it's I'll spunk all over them flappy titties. Yeah, it was, skull fuck the shit out of you. Terrible. Like, come on, man, we don't need this in a Halloween movie. It, it turns pretty- you off real quick too. Yeah, it, oh, does. it turns you absolutely. off. Absolutely, absolutely. Brian, do you want to go ahead and? Yeah, sure. So a couple of things that I really like to do it's kind of like a personal just love for me is like I really like reading some scripts for movies that were turned down and. There's a really, you know, I, I, there's a couple for Freddy versus Jason that I really like. So look, and this will only take about two minutes that I, you know, kind of went through this. So if you don't want to listen to it, go ahead and skip to the end if you want. But, you know, like I said, I'll just give you about two minutes. There was two different uh, ways that they were going to Mustafa Arcade, the Akkad. I don't remember. I don't really know how you pronounce that. Um, the, the original producer for Halloween period and, and did all of the other ones. But, um, like they were looking at doing uh, based off because of Freddy versus Jason and the success financially that I came from, like they were going to either go the route of uh, pinhead from Hellraiser versus Michael Myers for the scene for this movie. And uh, that actually got shot down. Um, Thank it, you. What was interesting though, is that John Carpenter said he was going to direct it and Clive Barker said he was going to write it. So I hated I hated Hellraiser, so Clive Barker to me writing it did nothing for me. But I, that would have been very interesting. I think I would have hated it. Probably sounds terrible. I don't know how you would write that period, but it just sounded very interesting. And the other route was actually the way that they were going to go until Mustafa Arkad got killed. Actually, um, I think it was bombings, and I want to say Jordan, maybe I don't know. Anyway, but uh, he had actually pretty much greenlit and wrote a first draft of a script for uh, Halloween Retribution. And it was a sequel to Halloween Resurrection, actually a direct sequel and uh, actually tied in with a lot of the almost all the movies, especially um, H2O. Um, so anyway, I got a little summary of I kind of read that script and then just really quickly summarized it. So give me just a second, uh, if you don't mind. Um The movie opened up in 1964 with a female doctor who's a colleague of Dr. Loomis. Um, She interacts with uh, with Myers as a child, giving a little bit more insight as, you know, as him as a child and introducing, you know, this this new character to it. Um, It actually, you know, it fast forwards a little bit to 1978 to the night that he escaped uh, Smith's Grove. And it shows you how he actually escaped that night with with a piece of glass and some other details. and you get to see him escape from Smith's Grove in a different, um, kind of from a different perspective, um, you know, including him driving away in Loomis's car. So you get a completely different perspective of that whole scene. So I thought that was a pretty cool little tie-in to start it out with. Um, then you fast forward 2004 to the main lead, Leah. She's driving by the, the uh, now abandoned Smith's Grove. So this foreshadows that you get this later in the uh, climax of the script. But uh, <laughs> this is where it gets interesting because... Uh, Nico's boy, uh, Freddie Harris, Buster Rhymes from Resurrection. You know, he's the one that uh, karate kicks Myers and kind of killed the franchise, if you ask me. But uh, not not everybody. But um, he's actually now on a book tour. And in the very first scene that he's got him in, um, uh, Michael Myers kills him. 
Um, Josh Hartnett is back as uh, John Tate, um, Lori's son. So, uh, I mean, I like that, but a lot of people aren't big Josh Hartnett fans. Uh, we get a scene of him visiting Lori's grave. Um, Halloween now is banned in Haddonfield. It only took, what, eight movies to get to this point. Right. But uh, um, the teens break down on the, ca- uh, on the way to a cabin and end up having to run to Smith's Grove um, to kind of hide out. So you, you can kind of see where that's going to play out. Um, John Tate and now an old Sheriff Brackett played by the same the same character from 78 and Halloween 2, uh, research Myers and what happened to his body after the movie and Resurrection. So while the kids are basically being hunted by Michael Myers in Smith's Grove Sanitarium, in an abandoned Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Um, Brackett's uh, really treated good in this movie. Uh, we get a lot of character treatment and how that night of 78 really affected him. Um, it even plays the conversation of Loomis and him from 78 and how him not really believing Loomis really like haunts him to that day. Um, actually in, 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 a, in a movie directly stolen from Friday the 13th here, one of the kids realized that she uh, looks like Judith and cuts her hair off and everything and kind of has a scene with Myers. So that's direct ripoff from final chapter. Um, and, uh, the ending basically has a scene in on like ice where, uh, where uh, John's character and Michael fight and they both go into the ice and John kind of emerges with the mask, you know, saying, okay, well, basically the Myers is dead, but it doesn't really show it. And it really implies that he is going to take on kind of the mantle of being Michael Myers and start killing people kind of like they do with Daniel Harrison for, and, and, you know, never really capitalize on it. So, I mean, I think it sounds very interesting given that it's a first draft of the script. Uh, also the author of the article sounded very confident that Daniel Harris would have lobbied for a return like she did in this one and most likely gotten a return of Jamie Lloyd in this film. So good. to me, like, I think that no, sounds, I love that script. That's a I good think script. it sounds great. And I think it sounds much better than, you know, it, it makes up for resurrection. Honestly, probably makes it a little bit better because, you know, all franchises have shitty movies, but the next one being good fixes it and helps it out, you know, and you don't get this remake. So, I mean, I, I perfect. I, I would love. I would have loved that. So anyway, just a little tidbit. Sorry if I went on a little long. No, that's good stuff, Brian. And you're absolutely right. No, Resurrection no is a shitty movie. Oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry, Nico. You guys. <laughs> no, I actually really like that. If you guys I have bad taste, you can have bad taste. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, I've actually I'm tired read... of Laurie Strode. We get a movie without Laurie Strode, and you hate it. Yeah, Can't and it's not good. Right it's not good. It, I, I will I will disagree and say that the movie is actually good to me. I just don't I hate the ending so much it almost ruins the damn movie to me. That's so I I, I I actually love the movie until then. I just don't like Buster Rhymes in that movie. I'm sorry, I can't help myself. Uh, that's my problem. Do y'all got any final thoughts on the movie? Uh, I'm glad we reviewed it. I thought it was an interesting discussion that we had as far as remakes go and where to take certain uh, you know, our logo is Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason Voorhees. So to talk about these franchises is a good thing sometimes. And I like getting away from them, don't get me wrong. Conjurings, Amityville, stuff like that. But it's good to, to uh, bring it all back every now and then and to discuss the franchises that kind of like built the foundation of our show, which is kind of how this show was built, was uh, a bunch of us talking about these movies. And so I like breaking them down in this amount of detail. Every now and then. Huh. Oh, you just don't like slashers, you ghost horror person we've done way more non-slashers than slashers to be honest we have yeah uh this was a good movie i'm glad i reviewed it we finally done a rob zombie movie yeah. he he's a great director in my opinion writer he needs a lot of work he a lot needs, of work 
He needs to direct a movie where someone else writes his script. In my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. He, he's right. like he's like the horror version of Adam Sandler because he uses a lot of the same actors, which I I, mean, I can show respect. I'm for that. fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And Sid Haig is great in every movie that he's in. Yeah. Great. Just, you know, give him some better. Give him something to work with. You know, it's right. like, come on, man. That's but, what makes yeah. me angry about Sherry Moon is I think in this movie she's really good. In ever in a lot of the other movies like uh you know the Salem movie and the thirty one, I, I just think she's not good because of the dialogue she's given. So I just wish that she would be more like this movie where she's cast better. Like I think she's a good Michael Myers mom, I really do. Yep, I agree with you, man. Um good I mean I, I don't hate this movie. It's oh. it's decent. Like I said, it's decent. I'm glad we reviewed it. Looking forward to the next show. Not sure what it is. We'll Keep y'all guessing. Can't can't give y'all too many secrets. But uh, I am doing a giveaway. If y'all, if any of the listeners didn't see it, uh, just share the post on Facebook or retweet it on Twitter. Giving away a DVD of this movie and its sequel. Because <laughs> I figured, I figured you guys deserved it. Well, I've got the Blu-ray, so I mean, I still own it. <laughs> they they more than deserve this one. You're absolutely right. The second one, I'm so sorry. <laughs> However, I don't hate it as much as these guys. Yeah, imagine hating on Resurrection and then liking this movie. But anywho, appreciate all the love and support. Y'all have a good night. Joe Grizzly, bitch.